On this episode of Big Sexy Chat, Crystal and Murph are joined by Aubrey Gordon. Aubrey is a writer and podcaster. You might know her as your fat friend. Her work has been published in the New York Times, Vox, Literary Hub, Self, Health, Glamour, and more. Her first book, What We Don't Talk About When We Talk About Fat, was released in November of 2020. Her second book, You Just Need to Lose Weight, and 19 Other Myths About Fat People, is a New York Times and indie bestseller. She co-hosts the podcast Maintenance Phase with journalist Michael Hobbs, and together, the two debunk and decode wellness and weight loss trends. Without further ado... Hi, welcome to Big Sexy Chat. I'm Crystal. I'm Murph. We're just two rad fatties sitting around chewing the fat. Twice a month, we'll be chatting about current events, hot topics, sex, sex toys, fat politics, fat community, cannabis, CBD, you name it, we're going to talk about it. We are very excited to have you a part of our community. Welcome and enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Sexy Chat. My name is Crystal. Hi, I'm Murph. Murph, yay. We have the amazing Aubrey Gordon on the show with us today. Hi, Aubrey. Welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. We love it. I like that everybody's got their copies of the book handy, and I don't have one handy. I just have like weird diet cookbooks next to like, mm -hmm, there you go. That's important to you. I know. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So welcome. We're so thrilled to have you. For those of you who don't know, I guess you've been sleeping under a rock somewhere, but Aubrey is the co-host of the maintenancephase.com podcast. You can find it every, anywhere and everywhere. And they do the best to really punch holes in all the bullshit that get fed to us all the time about fatness and diets and yeah, about respect and dignity for fat people that we should just get without fucking having to ask for it. Mm-hmm. And it's just brilliant and we love it. And Michael, he's awesome too. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your books. I don't own the other one, but I obviously I need to buy it. Oh my gosh. If you send me your address, I'd be so happy to send you one. I got a bunch. Of- oh, I'd be so happy to buy you one though. Buy one from you. Buy one. <laughs> well, you know however I mean. it happens, we'll get you one. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's kind of you. Yeah. So Murph, you were going to start with your first question. Um, you want to get us started and then we'll go from there. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of my questions have to do with just the book. So I, I mean, I could sit here and ask you questions like all day long. Um, but first, I do want to say, I absolutely love your writing style. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I, I think that uh, we as a culture have really a- adapted to that kind of like quick get to the point, you know, kind of immediacy that we we need, you know, our, our everything, you know, in general. Um, and you were able to get to the point of each part of the myth and really lay out the context of what's important and that you need to take with you. And I feel like the book really is a guide for a lot of fat people to have as a resource and um, as a way to say, like, I don't know how to get the words out, but look, read this chapter that Aubrey wrote, you know, and and really describe that. I love that you gave um, an explanation of definitions for the words that we use in our community, um, that you that you broke down all the different parts of like, here's your opportunity for action, here's your resources. But I have to say, as a therapist, the reflective questions Ooh. just blew my mind. I love the reflective questions. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Therapist approved. 
therapist approved. <laughs> I'll take it. That's fantastic. Yep. <laughs> and they and and really it's been a great tool um, mm-hmm. to have people start thinking about anti-fatness and and how those um you know per- those things perpetuate and and what their part is in that and um it was it's been really great to utilize some of those questions in therapy with patients and just kind of see their expressions and and think about like oh yeah nobody's ever really asked me that mm-hmm. Murph tell her about your boss and that you, the story you just told us Uh-oh. oh yeah so I uh I'm I like, was sitting oh like, it's fat related and a boss is getting involved <laughs> right where are we headed where, I'm story? praying for you it's good it's good I promise. Okay, um, okay. He actually said, is there is there anything anybody's been reading or listening to or watching that has um, kind of changed your mind or really kind of um, set you up to kind of challenge your beliefs? And I was just like, oh, have I got the thing for you? So I was just like, yeah, um, here's this book. I sent him the, the link so that he could buy it. And I said, here's here's a question. And I read one of your reflective questions and this is in our executive team meeting. So everybody's around the, you know, the zoom, like their eyes are open. Like what is happening right now? Um, when I read the question, it was the, um, from myth nine about, mm. um, trauma for folks that are, are fat. Um, that must be the reason that they're eating emotionally, that kind of thing. Mm. And so when I read that, I, he just was like, Oh yes, this is exactly what I've been missing. Whoa. I know. I was so surprised. I think your book's going to shake him to the core, though, um, just because he has, <laughs> he has some antiquated beliefs that I know need some challenging. But wow, that was very well received. I have never heard someone say so gleefully the phrase, shake him to his core. Like, you're like, <laughs> it's going to be great. Like, <laughs> I'm so glad to hear it. And honestly, like, it's really been surprising to me how many people with my work, but with sort of fat stuff in general, it's amazing to me how often people self-select in. Like, it's really remarkable to me how many people write in to the podcast, for example, and are like, I think I have some bias to work on, you guys. Like, where I'm like, oh, wow, you're saying that out loud, not only to yourself, but to us? What? That's amazing. Right. Uh, And it sounds like your boss has some of that uh, going on. But like, Listen, that's both heartening to me as a fat person, but also just like as a human being on this earth, when someone goes, oh, hey, hang on, I think that might be an issue for me and I should work on it. Like whatever the neighborhood of that issue is, I'm like, oh, that person's good people. That's a keeper. That's a keeper. If someone is like checking in with themselves that much, that's very exciting. I I hope that your boss is able to take something away from it. I hope that you are able to feel it in some meaningful way at work too. And I would say this is all because you are doing what you already know how to do, which is kind of stir it up a little bit. (laughs) It it seems like, right? Like kind of just insert some provocation in there. Like, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a big question. Murph is a shit disturber. Yeah. Yeah, Getting stuff done. (laughs) Disturbing shit. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) I have a follow up to her question. Just how the hell. Did you get all of those links and all the citations and all organized? And did you have help? I mean, holy crap. <laughs> uh, so I would say on this book, no. I So I had a, a fact checker had like a number of, you know, uh, a number of like editors work on the piece and copy editors and all that kind of stuff. 
But in terms of the citations, honestly, um, I thought the reporting and sort of citation stuff for this book was going to be tougher than it was. But after a couple of years of making maintenance phase and gathering citations and keeping notes there and writing the last book and writing on the internet for the last seven years, maybe like I just had a big backlog of stuff. There was, you know, there was plenty to talk about. Uh, and, uh, a bunch of it was just a matter of honestly, like, I, I think it might be useful to me in the same way that it might be useful to some of the readers of the book, which is just to have it all in one place. Yes. To go, Thank you. Here's all the calories stuff. Here's all the, you know, willpower stuff. Here's all the exercise stuff. Here's all the everything. Um, and again, like other fat folks might make different arguments about this kind of stuff or might have different citations, all that kind of stuff. But like to have a place that we could point to, to just go, here's your packet to photocopy and give to your doctor. <laughs> like, I don't want to talk to you about this <laughs> or what have you, right? Like it just seemed, um, it seemed like a book that could be put to work and put to use in a way that the first one just can't, doesn't live that same life, you know? Yeah. Aubrey, um, have you lost weight? <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't think so. You're I don't think so. Fat. Aubrey, you're not fat. You're beautiful. <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay. I got it. I got it. I figured yeah. out what we're doing. Got it. <laughs> uh, do you, are, do you have like, cause I have one prepared, but when you're out in the wild and someone says something to you about your body, do you have a, a response, like something pithy and just like, bam. Oh, uh, I'm not great with sort of like clapback world. Uh, but I do think I have pretty genuine responses when people say that kind of stuff. And I find it really weird. I mean, like, listen, you actually just got one of them when you were like, have you lost weight? And I was like, I don't think so. What? <laughs> like <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> I think it's sort of like the vibe of that response in particular. Like, no, uh, I would say my biggest one and my, like the closest I get to uh, any kind of real clapback is like, um, if people start talking about their diets, just saying, I don't want to hear everything you're doing to avoid looking like me, which really takes the air out of the room. That one's not for the faint of heart, <laughs> but that's a good one. It's a shit disturber one, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I would say that's my closest. How about you two? Do you have, do you have pithy have little clapbacks yeah i have two in the like medical facilities i always say am i the fattest person that's ever been here and they're like oh gosh no 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 so i like to watch them like <laughs> okay that's bitch that's great <laughs> you know, and, then, and then out in the wild like at restaurants and stuff i usually just say very loudly did you just call me fat and then, <laughs> they're like run out the door and everybody else is like oh you're not fat you're beautiful no, i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> what about you murph I, I, the only time that I can think of like really clapping back is when kind of like what Aubrey said about diets. I, whenever mm -hmm. like somebody's like, Oh, I'm trying to watch what I'm eating or whatever. I always say things like, yeah, if you mess around, you could end up looking as good as me. <laughs> and that usually stops people from, <laughs> from having that. That's that kind of response. awesome. <laughs> That's really <laughs> great. I love all of these. <laughs> Murph, what about the guy that said that you were a uh, commie? What? Oh, it was yeah. He called me Pinky the Stinky Liberal, and said that I was a commie um, because wow. i i was a I was a fat witch that was trying to uh, um, change his mind and make him liberal. And yeah. God, I think of the phrase 
Kami as being so distinctively timestamped to the greatest generation that I'm like, <laughs> were you being trolled by like a 90 year old? What's happening right? here? What <laughs> is happening here? This is really something. I think it was her pink hair. Her pink hair offended sure. him. Sure, 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 sure. But to reach for Kami, really, inter- you know what I mean? It would be like being called a harlot. I'd be like, what? Who? Yeah. What, er- what era are you from? <laughs> exactly. What age is this? Yeah. I didn't know we were going this far for the callback, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's no i remember didn't you say that um crystal that something to do with um pinky and there was like a pinky thing back in the day too where they like made fun of pinkos oh yeah right? pinkos commie pinkos mm. absolutely yeah okay so i have a question back to the book i know mm-hmm. it, you're, we're so excited that it's just going to be squirrel moments the whole time i'm pretty sounds sure. great i'm down I, yeah so you had mentioned, you know, like just trying to keep everything in one spot and, and trying to, you know, gather all this information for the book. Mm. What are either some of the myths or a myth that you just said, okay, this isn't going to make the cut. I'm just going to oh. leave it out. Uh, I think it was less about leaving them out and more about, so the original list of myths was like 30 something, right? Like, I feel like we could all just like all three of us could start listing off like what are the myths you hear most and we would probably end up listing at least 10 of them like in unison do you know what i mean like they're just so they're just so clear um and i think i previously had like uh separate segments on sort of different aspects of medical care and then i was like what if we just did one about doctors and just have the whole chapter be about healthcare providers um, I think similarly, the sort of like, quote unquote, obesity epidemic chapter felt like, let's just pile a bunch of stuff in there um, that were originally slated to be like uh, individual chapters. And I think it ended up serving the the book. I think it made it stronger to be like, let's go for sort of the the foundational kinds of myths, which is like, you know, it's a it's a bitter pill to swallow, but like not unfamiliar to fat people to women to BIPOC to queer and trans people that like doctors are not always in your corner and they don't always understand what you need and what you're up against. Um, and sometimes they're not against you necessarily, but they don't, uh, you know, they have a bunch of outdated ideas or they have a bunch of preconceptions or they have a bunch of stuff they haven't unpacked for themselves or whatever. And it felt important to introduce that to an audience that felt like um, maybe well-intended, but harmful nonetheless, right? To be like, yeah, you actually can't always count on your doctor to treat you the same as everybody else. I wish. I would love it. And I know they're trying in many cases, right? Um, but, but boy, oh boy, oh boy, uh, we got a long way to go. Yeah, I, those are the ones I think mostly they sort of got collapsed uh, collapsed into each other more than anything else. I noticed you guys did not, you did not cover, uh, the fat girls give better blowjobs myth. No, no. <laughs> Next, book. Next book. I did not. <laughs> I did not. Because listen, sometimes it's just flattering. No, I'm just, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I always say you couldn't possibly afford me. So yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, and also like, 
it is sort of this thing that happens around fatness and sexuality where it's like fat people are at once fully like hypersexualized and totally desexualized, right? At once like relentlessly desired and pursued and fully kept secret. And it is this just weird Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde thing where like, it feels like almost anything you say about the desirability of fat people can also lead straight back to really gross and kind of predatory or advantage taking sort of approaches to fat sexuality, right? The myth is that fat people are easy, right? We're going to settle for some bullshit. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't settle. So, well, and like eager to please. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. we know this is our one shot or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we gotta like give it all you got. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> My actual question is: Yes, how was it meeting Lindy? I got to meet her once, but just for a few minutes with Jess Baker. It was, was like it heaven, a real joy. So we, uh, Lindy West and I, did an event in uh seattle at seattle town hall um and i had never met her before and she agreed like i think through the venue uh agreed to do the event uh and we met like 15 minutes before walking out there and she's like absolutely what you see is what you get do you know what i mean like there's no it's very like sam irby vibes right uh-huh, where you're like yeah 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 you yeah. know you're not pretending about anything this is absolutely all of who you are we got it uh Love no it. she's like a joy it was like i was nervous about it because she's like fat godmother vibes or like fat big sister vibes or something like just like cooler just cooler she was just wonderful she's like absolutely wonderful the first time i met reagan chastain in person i was like Mm. we met in santa cruz i was like shaking i was so nervous and then she's like what are you nervous about yeah, she's totally. so down to earth too yeah but yeah lindy i got to meet her she and jess did a talk in san francisco where mm. actually jess was interviewing her i remember so this like, this was like maybe five or six years ago somewhere yeah, uh-huh. back ish yeah so, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah and we all went up to the uh, san francisco and had dinner and then um it was so fun it was really fun meeting her and it was fun the two of them going back and forth it's like two again two powerhouses you know and just like oh people you could see people were like perspiring when they left there because like they learned so much it was like whoa i have a lot to figure out when i get home totally they they all do (laughs) yeah absolutely and jess is like lindy she takes no bullshit she gives no fucks jess is the greatest who she is yeah jess is is the first person when i was writing anonymously jess was the first person that i was like okay i'll meet with this person and see mm-hmm. if it's okay out there. And it's Jess, yeah. so it's like definitely okay out there. She's like the loveliest, yeah. warmest, like mm-hmm. kindest, most thoughtful person. No, it's great. It's great. Yeah, we have awesome. a really good community. We you know? do. We yeah. have a really good community. Look. Pretty amazing. Yeah. I agree. And I'm in we're I'm in the Bay Area, so ah. there's, there's like fat activists everywhere. It's totally. wonderful. Totally. Yeah, That's it. incredible. Okay, so gonna get a little bit heavy. Um, mm. what would you say is the most challenging aspect of anti-fatness work? Ooh, for me or in general? For you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's a good, <laughs> good, 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 good. I was like, in general, boom. Right. Um, I would say, boy, there's just so much of it. I mean, I've sort of thrown myself into the center of it. <laughs> With the kind of stuff that I have chosen to write about. 
Um, so I'm definitely like very aware that like all of the stuff I'm about to talk about comes with the territory of the kind of work that I have taken on. And I took it on knowing that and all that kind of stuff. Um, I will say, nevertheless, uh, I've been surprised by um, how many reporters I've talked to who will try and insert a question like, but I mean, the AAP guidelines do have some points, right? Like we got to, you know, like really um, sneaking in, not sneaking in, it's strategic on their part. Um, but like wanting to lead a conversation back to, can we get this person to agree to some like pretty profoundly anti-fat stuff? And a no, um, (laughs) no, you can't get me to agree to that. That's not going to be happening. Um, but B, I think I've been surprised by um, how emotionally draining that is and how much it, um, I start conversations from a considerably less trusting yeah. place than I used to with all of that kind of stuff. I mean, I think the other thing that feels hard is like, there's a lot of trolling and the trolling is whatever. It's not great, but it's definitely not the worst part. Um, I, I would say the other uh, hardest part is if I get something wrong mm-hmm. uh, and it doesn't land or work for other fat people like that is awful that's the worst feeling that i feel is that um yeah that's what i would say how about i mean how about you two you two are fat people living in the world what (laughs) tell me tell me uh what is sort of weighing on you all in the world of uh anti-fatness response these days i i wish i had a better idea or solution or a way that we could all do something we could create some legislation. I don't know, but about the BMI, I just, I I can't tell you how many times, and I know you've had a million discussions about it and just like, we need a different solution. But instead of just bitching about the BMI all the time, which is fucking hideous and stupid and ridiculous, but what else could we do? Like what else could we Mm. suggest or push out there? I don't, I don't know. That one always trips me up because it's so awful. Totally. Well, and then like the next place the conversation goes is people go waist circumference. And I'm like, that's not better. That's not better. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, that's a that is a big one. That's a big structural gnarly one. How about you, Murph? I know. Yeah, I I think it's it really is like you mentioned the emotional exhaustion. Like mm-hmm. I, I really have to kind of check in with myself of like, do I want to have this do I want to have this conversation with this person about, you know, how anti-fatness is just pervasive in our, you know, work environment. And I don't want to hear about your diet, Susan, you know, like mm-hmm. that, kind of, you know, or is it just better to turn around and walk away and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not engage in that. And so I think trying to pick my battles, I guess would say is, is where I really, um, I find that super challenging because, you know, as a therapist, everybody and their brother comes and asks me, you know, oh, about this or that, you know, that, that. And, you know, I don't know how many times I've sat with somebody and they're like, well, you know, I, I just, I, I was talking to this one lady and she goes, um, yeah, I, you know, I just think that whatever people that are, are fat are just like, they're, they're choosing to be that way, yeah. you know? And it's like, oh, 
you know, I just, is this going to, is this even going to go somewhere? Like, do do I want to put forth the mental effort to have that conversation and try to enlighten this person? Or is it just like, no, it's not going to, it's not going to do anything. Well, and like, and are you the messenger they're going to listen to? Right? Like, what's the state of your relationship? Is this like your parent or someone in line at the grocery store? Those are different approaches. Those are different relationships and they speak to different impacts. Yeah, it's a, it's like a lot of mental calculus <laughs> to do it's a lot of sort of gaming out to do yeah i totally get that very true Aubrey, when did you realize you were different than the other kids or the <laughs> other adults like when did you realize you were actually fat and then when did you come to terms with the word did the word ever bother you the word fat uh so i'll say i really thought that was leading up to a coming out story question <laughs> when did you figure out you were different than the other kids i was like oh all right um <laughs> uh I mean, I think I was totally bothered by the word fat, not like by the word fat, but I was really bothered that people perceived me as a fat person. I think that's the core of the thing that bothered me. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember being in high school at one point and we had a um, like a guest choir director or something coming in from another school or some something. And the choir director was like, sing it really loud. Sing it like you're a 200 pound woman. And I was like in high school and I weighed more than 200 pounds. And my response to that was to just be like, ha 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 ha. I'm laughing the loudest. This is the funniest joke. Like, I really tried to be like, that was a great joke. Guys. Like, I was like, Haha, we're a, oh, can you imagine? I mean, like, whoa. Uh, <laughs> And everyone around me was like, take it down a notch. Like, it was like a very (laughs) clear social response from like thinner people around me were like, what are you doing right now? That's like a straight up dad joke from a teacher. Why are you actually laughing? This is strange. (laughs) Um, But it was like the thing that people do, right? Which is don't perceive me as a fat person. And the way that you don't get perceived as a fat person is you fucking make fun of fat people, right? You laugh at fat jokes. You pretend to be dieting all the time, or you are dieting all the time, or you develop an eating disorder or whatever, all as sort of part of this like performance stuff. I mean, I would say the word fat bothered me considerably. uh, Or at least it wasn't one that I used until I was maybe in college. That's my guess. Um, mm-hmm. Before that, I was just like, I don't want to talk about my body ever. And I would prefer to never have anyone reflect back to me that they are aware that I am a corporeal form. Thanks. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just like, ah, no, thanks. <laughs> because it just felt like every time someone mentioned my body, it was just like, it was only bad news. It was only bad sure. responses. It was only bad treatment. It was only bad whatever. It was never like, you look really cute in that or you know what I mean? Like it was just for a fat girl. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. <laughs> you have such a pretty face, right? Like everything is just contained. Everything is. Yeah. Uh, just searching through their minds for like, what's a, what's a compliment that I can say, but it's true skin. You have really nice skin. <laughs> Your nails are great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, there. <laughs> it, it really made me uncomfortable. And actually, my first girlfriend was like, uh, had Marilyn Wan's book. And we would go see the like, Portland's radical fat cheerleaders at one point. 
And she was like, this is great. And I was like, I'm uncomfortable. I don't like it. <laughs> and then we broke up and I was like, that relationship wasn't it. But she had some good points. And I got really into fat stuff sort of from there. Yeah. So it was a coming out story. You came out as a fat. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. No question. We had we have a group here called Fat Brunch and I went to Mexican food with them on Saturday. And I always get there first to get everything situated and settled. And two two fatties walk in and I was like, pretty sure they're with us. But I'm like, excuse me, fatties, um, are you coming for the fat brunch? So they just kept walking. I was like, I am pretty sure. Because there's two fatties together and they're both super stylish without cute. Like one girl had the half pink, half brown hair. I'm like, oh, cute. With us, right? yeah, yeah. So they walk all the way out to the patio and I can see them. And then I put a note on the event. Hey, I'm here. I'm in the front. I'm wearing a purple sweater right by the front door near Lincoln. And I see them both read it and turn around and make a beeline for me. I was like, I don't know what else to do. Like, should they go? Yeah, when you, we walked by you, we, we didn't want to say like, hey, fat lady, are are you with fat brunch? Totally. <laughs> so I don't know what to do. It worked out. It all worked out. We had a great time. We had five new people. That's amazing. Fat brunch. I've seen the post and shared the post for fat brunch. It seems Thank like you. absolutely yeah. incredible. And I'm it like is. so delighted that you all are pulling that together. It's like such a great thing. I've, so it, fun. I love it. It is uh, harder than it should be to find fat community and folks who are like uh, doing the work to build that community are absolutely doing the Lord's work. Like that is really good, important stuff. Oh, the best. Agreed. Uh, so my question kind of um, comes off of the tales of the the last thing we just talked about. How has your work impacted your personal relationships? Oh, a lot of people I know who previously uh, would have been considered bad actors in my life uh, are now very afraid that I'm going to start talking about them on the podcast. (laughs) Nice. Which is hilarious because I am like absolutely not in the business of like, naming names of people in my life and telling however many people that like this person has wronged me in so like this specific but like no i don't want to uh but i don't mind a little bit of nervousness about what i'm gonna think because historically that has been lacking in some of those cases you know right uh no i find that mostly just very fun <laughs> mostly just very funny yeah um here is good yeah, it is good. It's totally good. <laughs> Motivator. I mean, I think the other thing I would say is like, I feel like I've noticed some changes in people who I would not have expected to see changes in on this stuff. Um, my dad corrected someone the other day who made reference to the BMI. And I was like, hey, no, we don't use that anymore. And he's like, you know, he's like an engineering guy. He's like, a, you know, he's like a very STEMI kind of guy who's not uh trafficking and like you know epiphanies about social justice like no that's not that's not where he lives most of the time um so to hear him sort of like you know get the spray bottle if we're talking about like a cat like get the spray bottle and squirt it at one of his friends and be like hey no like was really incredible and i think is sort of the holy grail for plenty of fat folks is like oh my god my parents my parents are figuring it out. This is incredible. Like that feels pretty great to me yeah, too. That's wonderful. Yeah. My mom told me recently she's given up dieting. I'm like, Oh, it's just my life's work, but great. 
better late than never. That's amazing. My mom told me she went to the doctor last week and she uh, was like, they asked to weigh me. And I just, I was like, what did you say? And she went, I just said, I don't do that. And I just imagined like the deal with it glasses like coming down. I was like, oh, you're a meme. You're like a 75 year old lady, like rolling into a doctor's appointment with her iced coffee and her sunglasses on being like, I don't actually do that. Figure it out. Like, <laughs> it's really wow. great. God, congratulations on your mom. That's that's way bigger than I don't get weighed. Yeah, I was pretty pretty shocked because yeah. uh, apparently people diet because it gives them a sense of control. I don't get that, but yeah. I'm like, it does? Okay. Yeah. And I think that was her thing. It was like, I have one little bit of control this part of my life and the rest of it's, you know, chaotic. And I don't know. It's crazy to me. How are you feeling about all that? That seems like territory for potentially big feelings if you want to get into it which you also don't have to want to get into it no no for sure i i love it you know um my parents maybe uh, my, my my dad for example he really likes donald trump my mom does not so it's always everything is a little sticky with them my mom and i have a great relationship my dad and i not so much just because i feel like a vote for trump is an act of violence against people i love and he thinks I'm crazy. He did call me a bleeding heart liberal when I was 10. Wow. Yikes, buddy. Yeah. So I know he's going to continue dieting. Is he the one who called you a commie pinko, Murph? <laughs> <laughs> We've solved a mystery. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but my dad will keep doing his Nutrisystems bullshit. And, you know, she lives with him, obviously. And they've been married 50 years. So I hope it's true. I know. I don't. We'll see. But I was just like. Okay. She listens to my podcast and I know, you know, sometimes I'm like, Oh, <laughs> my mom is, cause sometimes we get a lot into sex, Aubrey. Sure. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. I'm familiar. So, yeah. yeah. I, I have a rule with my mom on Facebook. If I write something about oral sex or anal sex, could you just not comment? It <laughs> makes my friends a little uncomfortable. Me too. <laughs> Fair and reasonable. Fair and reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> But I am yeah. proud of her that she's come a long ways and she's getting there. So that's good. That's so good. I'm I'm so glad that you were feeling the victory. Murph, Murph, does your mom diet a lot? No, not anymore. Um, when I was growing up, for sure. I mean, she she absolutely tried everything, and I in turn tried everything. Um, but yeah, no, she's just at this point, she's just like whatever I do that makes me feel good. Um, you know, as long as her doctor says, you know, hey, your your whatever is okay, or you know, she's got chronic illnesses, so um, she does have to, you know, take like certain things and do certain things, but nothing that's like a prescribed diet. Gotcha. gotcha yeah. Gotcha. So it's been nice to see her kind of realize that diet culture really, you know, kind of shaped her and and recognizing that it's terrible. We went and saw. Um, Oh, I don't remember the name of the independent film, um, but there was um, there was a movie that was made, and it was a, like a, a documentary about um, fatness in our culture. Oh. And um, some people took it around to um, different movie theaters. And oh, was it Fatitude? Fatitude. That one that's from some, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I totally remember yes. Fatitude. I never got to see it, but it sounded yeah. like it was great. People really loved it. It was. It was incredible. And I took her to that and she cried. I mean, there were just parts where they talked about like, you know, that nobody's ever had a Disney character that's fat and we're always the villains. And 
she's she had always kind of said that to me and that's why she didn't like disney movies and all that kind of stuff you know and hmm. was very firm with me when i was a kid about like you know you don't like the characters that are like that and blah 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 and mm. to see her have someone validate that on screen she just was she was so tearful and was just like this is what i've been saying you know like wow. yeah for that generation i think there's just so much harm yeah. that has yeah. oh yeah so when you get those little nuggets of just like oh see you were you know you were okay to feel that way that's not fair you know it's just yeah. really validating first did you see me i was in fatitude Yes, I did. Very end. <laughs> it's a small. I very love end. this. That's incredible. Cool. Yeah, it was cool. I was. I didn't tell me. So when I was like, we were watching at the theater. I'm like, what? They're like, <laughs> we do. We don't surprise you. I was like, that oh, was very surprising. Oh, <laughs> that's a. I hope that was a fun surprise. It sounds oh, it like was, it was a fun yeah. surprise. Yeah, it that's was. great. They're, they're, yeah, great movie. That's awesome. Um, Murph, is it my turn to ask a question? It is. Okay, I want both of you to think about this Ooh. because I know how hard you work. To glorify obesity, Aubrey. <laughs> and me too. I try really hard to glorify. So I was thinking, if you really could glorify obesity and bring people over to the dark side, what kind of perks would, you, would we be getting? Like airline miles, um, free drinks. Oh. What would you want? Whole hard cash, baby. Cash. <laughs> <laughs> you want to bring folks to the table? We're just paying. We're just paying. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, Murph? I would also want to receive product. So, oh, okay. Yep. You know, get cash first and foremost. <laughs> what but, kind of product or products? <laughs> uh, you know, gift bags. I, I'm okay. I'm really thinking. You know, if if I'm glorifying this and I'm getting so many people to to join us, then I really deserve one of those Oscar giveaway bags. You know, that yes, they, they just fill with like hundreds of thousand dollars of merch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Thousand dollars sex toys. Oh my yes. god. <laughs> The goop ones. You could get the ten thousand yeah. dollar goop one. It's just <laughs> no, no. No one needs it. No one wants it. We're good. Yeah. Genuinely, no one. Genuinely, no one. No one asked for her her candle to smell like her vagina. Nobody asked for that at all. But isn't it ridiculous? Is any part of goop by popular request? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think so. No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's anything there that they're like, ooh. Other people want us to do this. Sometimes when I when I decide I'm going to engage, you know, I'll be like, truly, like, what do you think I'm doing to glorify this? Nobody wants to be fat. Nobody wants to be fat because they know how we're treated. There are no perks. We don't get to cut in line. We don't get to get free drinks. What do you think that I'm doing that's making this so glorious? I love to glorify people and, you know, however they exist in the world at the second. I love to glorify all humans and but there's no like, this is so fantastic. You should definitely come over. Mm-hmm. I love being fat, but I'm not trying to talk anybody else into becoming fat. So I don't understand this. What are we doing to glorify it? It's talking about it. Uh, I mean, I think, look, glorify obesity is a phrase that lives its life almost entirely on the internet, right? <laughs> so that's, it is contained to the internet, but the internet is everywhere. Oops. Uh, and, I feel like it lives almost that entire life in comment sections in particular and in comment sections of fat people going about their day, living their life, having a fine time. It feels like almost any time a fat person is having a good day and dares to have a picture of themselves having a good day, someone's going to pop out of a trash can and be like, you're glorifying obesity or what have you. 
it feels um in a funny way it it feels reminiscent in some ways of the um special rights language of the 80s and 90s around queer folks so for uh years and years and years i um i came up in the 90s mostly um as a as a gayby um and uh most of the sort of legislative fights that were happening at that time were like non-discrimination fights, not unlike the ones that NAFA is working on now, right? Sort of in New York city and hopefully more than that. Um, but, uh, the response to proposals that maybe we don't get fired because we're gay, uh, or even anti-gay bills or anti-trans bills, um, were, uh, posited as like, if you vote against these anti-gay or anti-trans bills, uh, you're giving queer and trans people special rights. Like they're getting, they're getting the perks. They're glorifying obesity. They're getting the perks. <laughs> uh, and glorifying obesity feels a little bit like that, which is like trying to reformulate someone's fundamental discomfort with a community, with a body type, with a type of person as this is somehow a social contagion and actually you making me look at you is the unequal act. That's you're the trouble here. Listen, I'm just saying what everyone's thinking is really sort of the underlying mechanism of the glorifying obesity stuff. I'm yeah. So I'm curious. I mean, like you two host the show. Uh, you are both on the internet. <laughs> um, I'm imagining this is a phrase that has uh, been visited upon both of you. Uh, how has it shown up for you? Does that land for you? Like, what do you what do you think the sort of allegation of quote unquote glorifying obesity is like functioning to do for the people who say we're glorifying obesity? Like, what do you think that that's allowing them to believe or allowing them to do that they couldn't otherwise do? I, I think that it's giving them power. I think mm -hmm. that they feel powerless and um, here's somebody that's just enjoying their life and I'm not allowed to feel that way or quote unquote, they feel that way because, you know, of shame and guilt and experiences in their life or, you know, an overbearing parent that said horrible things to them or mm -hmm. whatever it may be. And so you being the antithesis of the opposite of, you know, what they have always been told, um, you living your life is, is a threat to them. And so yeah. that's, that's the way I perceive it. Um, I haven't really received a lot of glorifying obesity comments. I just get a lot of like, Oh, you dumb fat bitch, you know, like yeah, yeah, that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I've seen it. I, I mean, I, you can look at any of the examples that you use in your book of Lizzo and um, Tess holiday and, you know, just seeing, anyone in the community who is plus size is attacked online um, mm. in their comment section. And I think it's, it's all based out of fear. I love that. You're like, I don't get glorifying obesity. I just get dumb. Fat bitch. And I was like, Oh, so we're not going with the remix. We're just playing the hits. We're just yes. playing the original. Great. Golden holdies, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, I forgot I was asking that question of a therapist. There you go. <laughs> I was like, that's like a really good, pretty definitive answer. Good job. I love it. That's helpful. <laughs> Nothing pisses people off more that you're fat and happy and you don't diet. It pisses people off. And like when we have our fat brunch, we always make a point to go down and get cupcakes from Susie Cakes. And we eat them with like so much, like just, mm, you know, it yeah. pisses people off so bad. <laughs> 
fatties eating food. <laughs> what the hell? But um, for me, I don't mind glorifying obesity so much because I've been mm. trolled by the best of them. Mm. And also on my 50th birthday, I woke up to an eagle that said, die, you fat cunt, to my personal email. So wow. A, yes. By a person who wrote this email to me from his real estate business email. <laughs> that was fun. A fun day. It was actually a really fun birthday, turns out, because I just let my friends know and then it was over for him. God, it takes like 30 seconds to make a different email address. I just said that. I'm telling you. Just, it's just really astonishing how much they seem to want to tell on themselves. I mean, I was like, you would have never apologized if all my friends hadn't written Yelp reviews and Google reviews for you and what asshole you are. And if you would have sent this from a burner email, you have never would have heard from you again. I'm so sorry. I was drunk. I'm Jekyll and Hyde when I'm drunk. I I don't care. You obviously have these feelings inside of you. So, whoa, dude, maybe get some therapy. But how did this person get your... I don't know. Creepy. Sorry. Sorry. I don't need to pull us off track. But like, yikes. (laughs) Yep. He didn't. Well, I had a laundry store for fatties. And that just really pissed people off. And then it made prisoners very happy. And they would write us really long letters, six pages, Mm. both sides of the paper in single space. Mm. And they loved it. That community loved it. And then people like him hated it. Hmm. There you have it. Boy, oh boy. Yeah. (laughs) Self-hatred that people just can't get over. And the life that he must have, it must be awful. Like, wow, how pitiful. Yeah. Right? You just know me. Like, what fat girl hurt you? What what fat girl said, you're a piece of shit and walked away? (laughs) Turned you down. I have a similar sort of like set of questions after Jordan Peterson weighed in on the uh, Sports Illustrated cover and was just like, I think his tweet was something like, I'm not attracted to this and no amount of authoritarian control can tell me that I am. And I'm like, who is telling Jordan Peterson who to be attracted to? Who is asking who Jordan Peterson is it what is what is the mechanism here for this and i genuinely think the mechanism is just like i had to see a fat lady briefly like i that's the that's it no one is telling jordan peterson to do anything related to this i mean people are telling him to do plenty of things but not that you know yeah it's uh, it's interesting world i know we don't have a lot of time left but i definitely want to talk with you about and I'm trying really hard to um, to learn this and live this, but mm. why it would be better for us to use the words anti-fat bias as opposed to fat phobia. Mm. Uh, I mean, listen, I, I figure whatever words work for you, whatever words help you convey your point and whatever words feel right to you, go forth. God bless. Do your thing. Um, the word that I tend to use is anti-fatness for a couple of reasons. Um, one, uh, phobias are a real, uh, sort of mental health condition that folks deal with. Um, and folks with phobias already face a profound sort of misunderstanding in the same ways that we have real profound misunderstandings about obsessive compulsive disorder, real profound misunderstandings about schizophrenia, real profound misunderstandings about many, many mental health conditions. Um, folks dealing with uh, those conditions already face plenty of stigma and we don't need to like lump bigotry in 
with that for those folks is my personal feeling. And I'm taking that cue from Denari Monroe, who's a great fat writer. Great, great, great. Um, and the other thing I would say is I think it kind of lets folks puts them on the hook and lets them off the hook both at the same time. Right. That when we talk about, um, uh, fat phobia or homophobia or any of that sort of stuff, the conversations really quickly turn to, are you assessing my whole character? Have you decided that all of me is irredeemably bigoted? Right. And that's not actually a productive conversation, or at least not one that I'm interested in having. I would rather talk to folks about their biases, which are things that are in you, but also not totally of you, right? Um, there are things that you can work through. There are things that you can work on. And I would rather invite folks into working on that stuff rather than use language that makes them feel like their character is somehow being contested. Um, again, sometimes folks need to feel like their character is being contested. And that's also just like an approach question. That's my, that's my personal approach, you know? Um, and then the last thing I would say is like, listen, I don't, think most people who are terrible to fat people are afraid of us. I don't think they're doing it because they're afraid of us. They might be afraid of themselves. They might be afraid of their own judgments. They might be afraid of other people in their lives, but I don't think they're afraid of us. I, I think they're using us as sort of like emotional punching bags. And that's a really different dynamic than being afraid of someone that that's my sort of current best thinking, but also like, movement language changes all the time. And I expect that my thoughts on this may change at some point and that my language on this may change at some point. And I expect that other folks listening have had or will have changes in their language too. So like genuinely like use whatever terms you want. That's what I use. Got it. Thank you. Murph, did you have another question? I, well, I have so many questions, but I, I know. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, probably it's, it's a big one. So I don't know if we want to use it, but, um, mm. I was going to say, where do you think the efforts in the fat community really need to align? Like where, where do you think is the next thing or the next step for our community and how do we like move in that direction? Oh, that's a great question. And it is a big one. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know that I could answer for every step just for me. Um, but I would say a thing that I have been thinking about recently that we don't necessarily talk about much as a community, or at least if these conversations are happening, I'm not there for them, um, <laughs> is, uh, how do we think change happens? What do we think actually effectively creates change? Not just what is the change that needs to happen? I think we've got a pretty good amount of alignment around like, what is the change that needs to happen? But when we start thinking about like, how do you want to go about making that change? How do you think like individuals and institutions, which are also made up of individuals, what do those particular individuals respond to and what makes them change? How can we sort of think more strategically collectively about like what it would take not just to wish for change, not just to say what needs to stop happening, but to think about the mechanics of how to get from point A to point B to point C. Like I would just love to see more strategies and tactics kinds of conversations like that kind of stuff. I find really useful and really generative. Um, and then I, I mean, I think the other thing is um, that feels really exciting and that is again, starting to happen is like, man, oh man, uh, 
I watched the NAFA hearing this morning in New York City, the city council um, conversation about a, a potential um, ban on they were calling it appearance based discrimination for height and weight. And I think there was some discussion around tattoos, too. Um, and I didn't think we were going to get to New York City and to have it happen this fast and to have a warm reception there. And like, that feels extremely exciting to me. Like if we can start getting to the point where like the rubber hits the road and where folks feel their collective power and sort of what that collective power can achieve, that feels like I feel electric thinking about that. How about you two? What do you, what do either of you have a a strong response to that? What would you like to see more of? Where are we going? Well, I I mentioned the BMI thing earlier. I wish we Mm. had more of a plan or a strategy or something, but I'm very excited about this too. And, you know, in San Francisco, fat people are a protected class. Mm-hmm. And I learned this little gem the other day from the fat group I belong to, but they were saying, you know, a lot of times here, um, if you try to get a knee surgery, new knee or new hip, you often get turned down. They want you to lose weight. Yeah. And somebody suggested, well, if you belong to like Kaiser or whatever, why don't you go to the Kaiser in San Francisco? Can they, they won't be able to turn you down for your knee surgery. And I was like, Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> if I ever need that, I might have to go there. But I mean, I'd rather have all of California, all of the United States be fat people are protected class. We shouldn't be able to be discriminated against. Boy, that would be great. I will say most of the non-discrimination law structures that I'm aware of cover things like housing and employment and restaurants and hotels, but I don't know that they extend to medical care. I would I don't know how San Francisco's law is structured, but like, man, oh man, that would be incredible. Big if true is what I would say. Big if true. I would love it. I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's always the thing where, you know, they're happy to give you weight loss surgery, but they won't give you a new knee. So yeah, of course it doesn't really make, it does yeah. you know, makes no sense. But what were you going to say, Murph? I was just going to share that the legislative piece, I think is really what I, what I would like to see. Um, just because, not that I feel like the government really does a lot, but um, I, I really think that it does provide that sort of um, mouthpiece that mm-hmm. gets people to start thinking and, and looking at things a bit differently. Um, and I really see that with healthcare. I work in healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's when something is legislative and it's brought down, you know, to, okay, this is something we have to implement, everybody pays attention. And so I I would really love to see um, that sort of, like you said, rubber meets the road, you know, and really kind of start pushing those things out. Mm -hmm. I have one last question for you, Aubrey. Mm, (laughs) Tell me. (laughs) Well, first of all, I I want you to share with everybody how people can find you after this question. So be ready to share all of your ways people can get in touch with you that you prefer. But also we we like to end our um, interviews with asking our uh, interviewee, what is their favorite sex toy? I thought about this in the list. <laughs> I like was like making little mental lists of pros and cons. Sure, and I think where I landed feels uh, less exciting than where I started. But it's an honest answer, which is I'll tell you what that Hitachi magic I, wand. We knew you were going to say that is a classic for a reason. You know, yes. uh-huh. legendary. It is the Pond's yes. cold cream of sex toys. It is the Nivea <laughs> in a tin of you know, sex toys. 
And I've I, heard that if you're a lesbian and you don't own one, you lose your lesbian card. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> News alert. Red alert. Lesbians. Go get a magic <laughs> wand. You're going to get kicked out. But we, I don't call it um, a, a sex toy. I call it a back massager. Uh huh. Good job. With the air quotes, because yeah, you know, it's cool if you have a, if you like if you have kids and you have a back massager. Your mm. kids don't necessarily know you're going to use it. Also, possibly on your clitoris. Sure. All they know is it's for mommy's back massager. You know. So don't worry about it. Has it. A, yeah. it has a million re- really reasons why we all love it, right, Murph? <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, listen, how many sex toys can you get at Target? Do you know what I'm saying? Like right. it's like a it's a kind of great one that tends to get cataloged in different parts of stores. Yes. Yeah. Although the 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 selection that you can get at Target is getting a lot bigger and CVS as well. So Really? Oh yeah, thank you. I have not finally. checked out drugstores recently. I got to check out a drugstore. <laughs> All right. Oh, you're so wonderful. Thank you so much and again, thank you and thank Michael too for the maintenance phase podcast is Yes. Fucking incredible. And it's a great resource to send to your thin friends and your thin allies. And it just, it, it's for everybody, honestly. But please tell everybody how they can learn more about you here, get both of your books, all that good stuff. Sure. Well, first things first, thank you both for, for having me and for your incredible work in sort of like community building and healthcare and all kinds of stuff. This is like absolutely such a joy. And it's the best palate cleanser at the end of the day, honestly. For Spending the day talking to thin people, <laughs> trying to make them get stuff. It's really, really fun <laughs> to like end the day talking to fat people is like a real joy. Uh, I have written two books. One of them is called What We Don't Talk About When We Talk About Fat. And the other one is called You Just Need to Lose Weight and 19 Other Myths About Fat People. You can get those wherever there are books. Uh, you can listen to Maintenance Phase wherever there are podcasts. Uh, and you can find me at AubreyGordon.net because I live in 1995. <laughs> <Dot> net. <laughs> hey, whatever works. Sure. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you on. Oh, Murph, anything so else? I just a uh, total bucket list checked off. So thank oh, you. That's so kind. Wonderful. Wonderful. Oh. All right, then, y'all. I'm going to say uh, see you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile. Ciao, cow. <laughs> <laughs> so where can you find your favorite fatties? You can find us at BigSexyChat.com, on all the social medias, at BigSexyChat, on Twitter, BigSexyChatPod. And Crystal, how can they reach us? Oh, Murph, the best way to reach us is by email, which is sexy at bigsexychat.com. And remember to like, subscribe, and share, please.